Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13. The Bible says, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth the purifying of the flesh, uh-huh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God, so Christ, through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God. The Bible says, how much more shall that blood purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Say amen. amen. Say amen. So that means that when you're dealing with dead works, you're looking at our service, the right way to serve God. And it's from a place of a purged conscience a conscience that has been purged from dead works. There are two sides to it. The first side is uh, the conscience to the flesh. That is talking about carnality, which has to do with the searing of a man's conscience. Then a conscience towards doctrine, where people obey the law in order to be righteous. Okay? Those in themselves are also what? Dead works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, let us look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Can we read together? One to go. The Bible says, Let us draw near with a true heart. In what? In the full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And what happens after that? It says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promise. Say amen. Say amen. amen. The Bible says you hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering. Because he who promised is what? He's faithful. He's faithful. Praise God. So now here we are banking on the faithfulness, on the character of him who promised. Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Okay. Uh, the Bible says, let us draw near with a true heart in the full assurance of faith. Let us draw near with a true heart. That means your heart is true. Why is your heart true? Because of the full assurance of faith. The word is there for full assurance is the most certain confidence. Hallelujah. That means that it's that place where your faith is full. Praise God. Paul speaks of uh, coming so that he may feel that which is lacking in your faith. So now he's talking about the place where the faith has the full assurance. The place where you have absolute confidence in what you say, in how you live your life because of the faith you carry. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, of course, there are different instances in the Bible where it talks about the full assurance of understanding. That means... It's not just the understanding of something, but you have the full assurance in that understanding, okay? It talks about the full assurance of hope. That means that it's not just the expectation you have, but there's a full assurance in that hope. And there are things 
that help us to come to that level of full assurance. Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Yeah? So now here he talks about the full assurance of faith. He says, let us draw near with a true heart in the full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Now, the word is there for evil is poneros. Poneros, poneros uh, is not just only dealing with the character of evil, but it deals with the effect of that character. There's another word for evil called kakos, which kakos deals with the character, the mode of thinking, the mode of feeling. What characterizes anything called evil? That is kakos. Okay? Now here he's dealing with poneros, the effect, the effect of that character, the effect of that kind of mode of thinking on a man's conscience. Are we together? Praise the Lord. Yeah? So, that means that um, when a man has a certain conscience, the place that he has got, the consciousness that you have towards evil, evil is anything that is of the devil, it has an effect on your conscience. Also, when you study the word poneros, apart from what I've just explained as the effect, poneros, when you look more into that word poneros, it talks of full of labors. Full of labors. It talks of a place where you are pressed with hardships and annoyances. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here now we're dealing with the effect. So the effect of kakos is it causes a man to have a conscience that is full of labors. A conscience that is hard pressed with different things. Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Yeah? Now, why is this important? Because Jesus said something. He said that when the word of God is preached to us, when I was talking about the different kinds of grounds, he talked about the word that falls by the wayside. He says these are people who hear the word and because they do not understand the word, the Bible says the evil one immediately comes and snatches it away. That means understanding helps you to keep the word. Say amen. And this understanding still comes from the word of God because the entrance of the word gives understanding. So there is a ministration of the word of God to give you understanding. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of God has different ministries in our lives. Praise God. The same word is a seed. The same word is a hammer. The same word is a fire. The same word is rain. Praise God. The word is a seed, but at the same time it's the rain that waters that seed. At the same time it's a fire. At the same time it's a hammer. At the same, it's all these things. So the word of God deals with different scenarios in our lives. Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Yeah, that is why sometimes when we come into the presence of God, some may not have immediate results like others. Why? Because to them, the word of God is still dealing with so many things. Maybe somebody needs the word of God as a hammer. Why? Because their heart is stony. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Certain things need to be broken. Hallelujah. Somebody else may need the word of God as a fire. They are full of so many things. Praise God. 
in Matthew chapter 13, it says that these guys, when the word of God comes to them, he also that has received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word of God. The Bible says, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. That means these things are thorns in the man's heart. So that man needs fire. But still, I want you to understand this. It's still the word of God that's going to deal with those things. You get my point? You're not going to deal with those things with something else. No. It's still the same word that's going to deal with those things. Because at the end of the day, what God is interested in is for you to have fruit unto perfection. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. That's what the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scriptures. The Bible says all scripture. The word used there for all means each and every scripture is given, the Bible says, by the inspiration of God. And what happens? And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in. So these are all different ministries of the same word. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. But remember, you need to mark that word, given by inspiration. The word of God has to be inspired. Praise God. The word of God has to be inspired. Inspired by God. Given by the inspiration of God. Because remember the Bible says that there are some people who twist these scriptures unto their own destruction. As also in all, all his epistles speaking in them of these things in which are some things had to be understood. Which they that are unlearned. Okay. And unstable. The Bible says rest as they do with also other scriptures unto their own destruction. So who, the same word that is building you, the same word, remember Jesus said that the same stone that is to your salvation to another person it is crushing them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So the word of God does all these things because it is inspired by God. The word of God it has to be given by the inspiration of God. All scripture is given by the inspiration, given by the inspiration, given by the inspiration. Not that word, given by the inspiration of God. The things that are inspired. That's why it's important to sit under such a ministry. Because the word of God is always inspired through our man of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if the word of God is not inspired, it may not do that. Okay? It may not do that. So, the Bible says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And what happens? That the man of God, that is speaking about you and I, may be what? Perfect. That means complete. Okay? Thoroughly furnished unto all good. That means you are furnished for any good work. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Jesus went about, the Bible says, doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil. Why? Because the Lord was with him. He went about doing good. So you're furnished. The word of God furnishes thoroughly. There's a thorough furnishing. Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Yeah? So you realize that all we need is the word of God. Given by the inspiration of God. So that's what I was trying to explain. That the same word that is a seed also deals with the thorns. The same word that is a seed also deals with the stony heart. The same word that is a seed also deals with the wayside heart. You get it? 
Yeah, it's the same word. It's still the same, but just ministered differently, having a different ministration. And that's why I say the word of God is given by the inspiration. The Holy Spirit knows what your heart needs. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Yeah. So I was trying to explain to us that um, when a man has a conscience towards evil, Papa one time shared that luck is a consciousness. Luck is a consciousness. That means luck is kakos, an evil character. And when a man is conscious of luck, it has an effect of a conscience that is full of labors. A conscience that is pressed with hardships. Praise God. A man that is full of anxieties. Because all these things, they manifest themselves as anxieties. They manifest themselves as fears. They manifest themselves as oppression. Remember, when you're talking about the armor of God, righteousness is what? A breastplate. And what does it protect? The heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember in Isaiah, the Bible says, you shall be established in righteousness. And what happens? It says, in righteousness shall thou be established. When what happens? Thou shalt be what? Far from oppression. For thou shalt not what? Fear. And from terror, for it shall not come nigh thee. Say amen. amen. When a man is established in righteousness, in the understanding, the doctrine of righteousness, the Bible says he is far from oppression. The things that oppress our hearts. Because remember, why is the heart important? The Bible tells us that out of it flow the issues of life. Your life comes from your heart. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness. So the heart is an object for faith. The heart is what you use to believe. Say amen. amen. So these things, Fears, anxieties, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the pleasures of this life, when they come to affect a man's faith. You see that? Because with a heart, man believes unto righteousness. So a man's faith is affected because of all these things. Anxieties, the pleasures of this life, the deception from the riches of this world. It's not just the riches, it's the deception that they bring to a man's heart. Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Yeah? So, all that is what we call an evil conscience. An evil conscience. You're always conscious of evil. You're always anxious. You're always full of cares about different things of life. And that will affect the fruitfulness of the word of God in your heart. Because Jesus said it. He says that he also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the cares of this world and the sinfulness of riches. The Bible says they do what? They choke the word. And he, not the word, you become what? Unfruitful. Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. So that means we need to know how to deal with the cares of this world. Okay? 
We need to know how to deal. And still, as I said, it all comes from the word of God. Now, remember Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 4, he says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, tell your neighbor, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And what happens? Verse 7, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Say amen. amen. The peace of God will keep your heart. Okay? Then again, also Peter phrases it again, verse 5, verse 7. The Bible says, casting all your care upon him. Why? Because he careth for you. Give it me an amplified version. Casting the whole of your care. That means all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him. Why? For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Praise God. He cares for you affectionately. And he cares about you watchfully. That means he's watching over you. The next verse. The Bible says, be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant and cautious at all times. Why? For that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. You see the progression? When a man has cast his cares upon him, that man can be well balanced, okay? That man is vigilant. That man is cautious at all times. And the Bible says, for that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion roaring, seeking. That means that the devil has to seek whom he can devour. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. He seeks whom he may devour. That means they are hidden somewhere. He has to look. So that means that when people carry cares, when people carry anxieties, they become candidates of these things. You see that? Give it me in the KJV. Bible says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Uh-huh. Verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom he may devour. He can't just devour anybody. He has to seek whom he may devour. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And one of the ways in which people become candidates for such an experience is in verse 7, when they don't cast their cares, when they're always full of anxiety. The Bible says all the days of the afflicted are evil. All his days are evil. All the days of the afflicted are what? Are evil. But he that is of a merry heart has what? A continual feast. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is your story. Say amen. amen. He that is of what? A merry heart. Because remember the Bible says that a sound heart is health to the bones. Yeah? A sound heart is the life of the flesh. But envy the rottenness of the bones. 
the rottenness of the bones. What science describes as arthritis and all these things, there's a spiritual thing behind it and it's there, envy. Hallelujah. So envy in a man's heart is the spiritual side to it and then on the physical side we see what? Rottenness of the bones. And it has been given a term, arthritis and all these many things. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Yeah? So there's always a correlation between the spiritual and the physical. It's there. So the Bible says a sound heart is the life of the flesh. A sound heart is the life of the flesh. A merry heart. Because it's a man to have a continual feast. That means every other day you're just enjoying life. <laughs> Praise God. The Bible says he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He does what? He anoints my head with oil and my cup what? Runs over. Then he says, surely. Praise God. Verse 6. Verse 6 says, surely. Me, I like those terms. I stop there. Surely. Goodness and mercy shall do what? Follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Say amen. amen. But this is an experience of a man to whom the Lord is his shepherd. Because it begins in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not one. That means I am following the shepherd. What's happening? Goodness and mercy are what? Are following me. Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. The reason why people seem to be stuck is because they are following what should be following them. So they move in circles. It's like a dog chasing its tail. Just keep on moving, moving in circles, moving in circles. So that translates into a man being stuck in the same position all his life. But when the dog stops chasing the tail, what happens? The tail follows. The dog. So when you're following the shepherd, goodness and mercy follow you. Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ is more than just a means to an end. Is more than just a means to an end. To some people, their focus is on the, the end could be whatever it is that they want from him. So they use him as a means to an end. But he is not just only the way. He is the truth and the life. Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Yeah? So you find that people, their focus is not really on him. It's on what he can give. So the focus is on the result. So they use him as a means to that thing. And that is okay, because either way, everything comes from him. The Bible says, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him, it's with him, also freely give us all things. Say amen. amen. Say amen. Yeah, so Jesus is more than just the means to an end. It's more than just the way. That is okay. That's a wonderful revelation. That's a wonderful place to be. It's wonderful. But there's more than that. He's also the truth and the life. The life. The life. Okay? Anyway, we're dealing with uh, the cares of this world, okay? 
Peter tells us that the reason why we cast our cares upon him is because he cares for us. Amplified says he cares for us watchfully. He cares for us affectionately. The way he cares for you, it's with affection. It's not just a duty of care. It's with affection. It's with love. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah? That's why the Bible says that every good gift and every perfect gift, it's important for you to note that. Eh? It says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. The Greek words for gift and gift are different. The first gift is dealing with the way he gives. And the last gift is dealing with the actual gift. <laughs> Praise God. So it says every good gift, the way he gives is good. And also the gift that he gives is perfect. It's complete. Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. So it's not just what he gives. It's how he does it. You see that? Yeah. So that's why he says he cares for us affectionately. He cares for us watchfully. It's not just the care. The care is not. You can look at the care as the perfect gift. But also how he cares matters. He does it affectionately. He does it watchfully. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Now, the Bible always gives us references to look at, okay? In order to enhance our understanding, in order to bring us to the place of the full assurance, in order to bring us to the place where you are absolutely convinced there is no doubt on the matter. That's why the Bible says that the things that were written were for our learning that through what? Through the patience and the comfort of scriptures. Uh, the word is there for patience is the consistency. So you realize how God has consistently dealt with different people who trusted him, with different people who walked with him. That consistency and the comfort of the scriptures, the Bible says that we might have hope. Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Yeah. So we see that the word of God always gives us things to look at. That by looking at those things, other things will be established. Yeah? So for example, like he said, he cares for us affectionately. Now, in the same Bible, he will give us an example to look at of how God cares. Such that you can know how much he cares for you. You get the order. He says, I have loved you as I have loved Christ. So, if maybe you don't understand it fully, you look at how I have loved Christ. Once you get that, just translate the same thing. You get the thing, yeah? So, the word of God will give you something to look at as a figure that you may get the full understanding of what he's actually saying. Say amen. Say amen. amen. Now, when you look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, the Bible says the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thy eye is single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Verse 23. But if thy eye be evil, evil again there is talking about poneros, full of labors. That means your vision is full of labors. The place that hears God, the conscience is full of labors. Okay. And the Bible says, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24. No man can serve two masters. It says, for either he will hate the one and will love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the 
other. He says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Say amen. amen. Now he says, therefore, I say unto you, therefore. Now for guys who have understood that you cannot serve God and mammon, for those that are truly serving God, he says, therefore, I say unto you, okay, take no thought for your life. What you shall eat or what you shall know yet for you what you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body more than what than raiment it says take no thought for your life praise God remember we are dealing with the issue of the cares of this world the anxieties the things that clog our hearts and choke the word of God now we are dealing with them. Okay? It says, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat. That means in the ranking, life is above meat or food or whatever it is that sustains life. Okay? The sustenance of life is below life itself. So there's life, then the sustenance of life. Then he talks about the body more than raiment. So he's looking at the body more than the clothes or whatever it is that you need to cover the body. Now, he goes on to tell us, verse 26. He says, you behold the fowls of the air. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now he's helping them come to that place where they take no thought. He's helping them come to that place where they have no anxiety. He says, okay, if maybe it's becoming hard for you to see, you look at the birds of the air. He says, for they neither what? For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into bands. Praise God. And remember the people of that day were farmers, so they understood the whole process. So to them, the place of true enjoyment would come after so many months. They first sowed, then, you know, there's a sowing process, then there's a reaping process, then there's a gathering into bands process. That could be like one year, two years, depending. He's saying these birds of the air, they don't do that. But what happens? Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Praise God. Yet what? Your heavenly father, my heavenly father, feeds them. Says, are you not much better than they? <laughs> you see, Jesus is also like, what's happening? I feed the birds. What's up? Why are you worried? <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Yeah? It's, it's interesting to him. He's like, okay, Banangi. If you're not understanding how much I love you, Kale, you look at the birds. Eh? You look at the birds. The word used there for behold is not just looking, it's consider carefully. So take time and look at the birds. If you're the kind that is always anxious, if you're the kind that's always fearful, take time and look at the birds, Jesus is saying. He's saying that these things they do not sow. They do not reap. They do not gather into bands. But I feed them. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Luke actually picked the kind of bird he was talking about. He says, you consider the ravens. Matthew just tells us the birds, any kind of bird. But in Luke, he says, you consider the ravens. So Jesus was very specific when he was talking. Remember, he's talking to Jews. At that time, he was talking to what? To Jews, where for them, farming was their life. So he was talking to Jews. And he's telling them, you consider the ravens. Now, you need to understand what a raven is to a Jew to get the mind of Jesus. In Leviticus, I think chapter 11, and these are they which ye shall have in abomination among the fowls. These ones here are an abomination. Don't even touch, don't even come near. He says, they shall not be eaten, they are an abomination. These ones, they are not your concern, okay? He says, the what? The ego, the ossifrage, and the osprey, uh-huh. every raven, after its kind. Every raven. So Jesus is telling a Jew, eh? consider the ravens. What is an abomination to you? That thing doesn't sow. That thing doesn't reap. That thing does not gather into bands, but I care for it. Praise God. He says, I care for that thing. So he says, are you not much more better than these things? As in, not for you. You're not, you're not even in the bad class. Okay, There's a class of birds. There's a class of animals. Actually, he's even talking to people who are not born again. <laughs> because, you know, the Bible says that the only advantage that the Jew has is that they are the keepers of the oracles of God. The fact that God gave them the law. Actually, the law is the separation between the Jew and the Gentile. The fact that the law was given to the Jew, it introduced Jew and Gentile. You get it? The introduction of the law divided the world into Jew and Gentile. If there was no law, the whole world was one. But because the law was given to these people, they had a class of Jews and then there was a class of Gentiles. It was the middle wall of partition, the Bible says. Hallelujah. The Bible says he has delivered us from the curse of the... Yes, for he who is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, us who? Jew and Gentile. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. When Paul was preaching, he said that this is the mystery that God has made the Gentiles fellow heirs of the grace of, I think it's Ephesians, yes. He says he has made them heirs. He has brought us in. Because Jesus broke down the wall of partition. What separated the world into Jews and Gentiles? Jesus dealt with it. Say amen. amen. Say amen. So, he is talking to Jews, people who just are custodians of the oracles. Because even them, they had not believed Moses. Because it says, Jesus told them, had he believed Moses, you would have believed me. Remember, Jesus told them that in John chapter 5. He says, had he believed Moses, you would have believed me. For had he believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. 
So these guys were in absolute disobedience to the law. Okay. They had not really believed Moses. Their only advantage was that they were custodians of the oracles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he's talking to them and he's telling them, hey you guys, you consider this thing that is considered an abomination to you. Do you look at it for some time? Look at how I feed it. Praise God. Then he continues to say in the next verse, he says, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? So which of you by worrying, which of you by being anxious, which of you by being fearful about anything, I'm talking about anything, okay? Which of you can add a cubit? That means worry, anxiety, all these things are in the class of dead works. Praise God. Because they add no value. To be a dead work means it's a work without life. That's the word dead. A work without life. It has no life. It has no effect. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah? So, he says, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? No one. Okay? Verse 38. And why take ye thought of the raiment? The Bible says, consider the lilies. Now, you see, Jesus is helping them understand what he's saying. Okay? So he has first dealt with the issue of food. Because man's needs are really basic. If he has food, if he has clothes. Okay, generally, if there's provision, uh, if he's healthy, if, if he has provision, uh, he's okay. Good relationships. Uh, I think, basically, they're basically, those are the basic human needs. Okay, but the issue of food and everything, you look at the birds, look at the fowls, look at the ravens. Now, on the issue of clothes, as you consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. The Bible says, they toil not, neither do they spin. Uh -huh. Verse 29. And yet, I say unto you, that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of This just blew my mind. Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. To understand that statement, you need to understand how rich Solomon was. <laughs> Praise God. Because sometimes you may just read it and then just leave it there. But you need to understand how wealthy Solomon was. Jesus is not lying. Okay? He is the truth. And he's telling us that Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like this. Let us look at the wealth of Solomon. Can you go there? First Kings chapter 10, verse 1. And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. She heard that the guy was wise. man. So she came there. She came with her questions. The example come here. In Fanero. <laughs> now, look at the Queen of Sheba. The Bible says she came to Jerusalem with a very great train. With camels that bore spices and very much. Now, the Bible didn't just say and gold. It says and very much gold. And precious stones. And when she had come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. Now, the queen of Sheba was not a poor woman. Hallelujah. 
She wasn't a poor woman. She wasn't some royalty. No. The Bible says she came with a very great train. Remember, she's coming to prove the man whether what she has heard is true. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So she comes with very much gold. She comes with very many special stones. Verse 3. And the Bible says, and Solomon just beat her mind. Okay? The Bible says, Solomon told her all her questions. Okay? There was not anything hid from the king. Solomon, Solomon, the Bible says, he gave him exceeding largeness of heart. Hmm. That means there was nothing Solomon could not explain. Praise God. Everything Solomon could understand. He just looks at the tree and he gives you all the details of the tree. And the Bible says that greater than Solomon has come. That thing that Solomon relied on to make him that wise. Jesus, the Bible says, is the power of God and the wisdom of God. He who made Solomon wise, the Bible says, he has come. Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Yeah. So the Bible says Solomon told her everything, like anything she had. There was nothing hidden. He was a man of the word, I believe. Because the Bible says all things are naked and defenseless. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. Uh-huh, verse 4. I want you to get this picture, okay? Remember, we want to understand how rich Solomon was. Eh? And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom, So wisdom is seen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Wisdom is what? Is seen. It's evident. And the house that he had built. Okay, now we are moving with the Queen of Sheba. Eh? We're in our meditations now. She looks at all the wisdom of Solomon. She looks at the house the guy has built. She looks at the meat of his table. The Bible says what they used to serve kilograms every day. Not one kilogram, like hundreds of cages every day of meat on the man's table. <laughs> First Kings 4, amplified. <laughs> and Solomon's provision for one day was 30 measures of fine flour, 60 measures of meal, uh-huh, 10... F- go back, go back, verse 22. The message. One day's food supply for Solomon's household was... 185 bushels of fine flour, 375 bushels of meal, 10 grain-fed cattle, 20 range cattle, 100 sheep, and miscellaneous. (laughs) Praise God. Miscellaneous deer, gazelles, roebucks, and choice miscellaneous. We don't know. Praise the Lord. This was one day's supply. So when you talk about the meat of his table, you need to understand what she meant. eh? You go back a little bit and see what did she mean. The Bible says, and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers, their upright, the way they were dressed, his cupbearers and his ascent, by which he went up, the way even the man ascended. 
And what happened? The Bible says there was no more spirit. Amplified version. The Bible says the food of his table, the sitting of his officials, the standing at attention of his servant. That means the way they stood. They are April, they are cupbearers, his ascent by which he went up unto the house of the Lord, all the burnt offerings he offered. The Bible says she was breathless and overcome. Listen, this is a rich woman. Understand this. This is not a poor woman. This is not a poor woman who is just captured by anything. Just a small can. Oh my goodness. No. This is a rich woman. Remember the description given to us. She came with a great train with very much gold. Now she looks at a man and the Bible says she was breathless. It was too much. Now are you getting the picture of Solomon's glory? Now Jesus said, consider the lilies. <laughs> of the field, how they grow, they neither toil, they neither spin. Yet Jesus is saying to us, okay, if there's somebody else, maybe we would have doubted. This is Jesus telling us. He tells us that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Praise God. And the next verse blew me away. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast... <laughs> Now, we are looking at the glory of a lily. And he's telling us that Solomon in all his glory cannot compare to that. And the Bible says that this lily here is not here to stay. Today it's there, tomorrow it's gone. But the fact that God takes time to care for things to that detail. Are you getting it now? When he says, I care for you affectionately. I care for you watchfully. He's telling us, you consider the lilies. That I look after this thing to that detail. How much more you? Praise God. How much more? You and me. How much more us? So he first gives them the worst example of a bird, uses a raven. Then he gives them an example of something that today is there and tomorrow is gone. And he's telling them that I have time to care for these things. How much more you? Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. So with this understanding, we can now walk in what Peter was saying. We can cast our cares because he cares. We now understand a glimpse, we have a glimpse of how much he cares because we have seen that he cares for the birds a certain way. We have seen that he cares for the lilies a certain way. That means, based on that, eh? you know, grace is always much more, much more. He says, for if one man's offense, death reign by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of what? The gift of righteousness shall reign. He's saying that when you look at the reign of death, how death has reigned over people from Adam to Moses, okay? Much more your reign, you who has received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So 
It says, therefore, take no thought. Tell your neighbor, therefore, take no thought. Okay, after understanding this, eh? take no thought. What you shall what? Eat, or what you shall drink, or where or whither shall he be clothed. Now, this is just about food and drink. This covers everything. He says in verse 32, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles, this is what the Gentiles are seeking for. That's why they are stuck. You see, there are things that are supposed to follow you. Now, they are seeking for those things. What does that mean? You are ahead. How about you get, eh? You know, have you got the picture? I'm following the Lord. Goodness and mercy is following me. And the Gentiles are following what? Goodness and mercy. <laughs> Praise God. That's why our Father says that you are better than anyone who's not born again. In this understanding. So when you put yourself in worry, you're now taking yourself back to be like a Gentile. You get it? So in this understanding, in this understanding, you realize that you are far better than anyone. Because they are seeking what is following you. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Then he tells us, he says, your father knows that you have need of all these things. He knows. Come on, he knows. And interestingly, Jesus dealt with the issue of need at the cross. At the cross. Now, we're not even entering into resurrection. At the cross, at his death, Jesus handled the issue of need. Let me show you a scripture in Joel. Chapter 2, verse 28. Can we read together? One to go. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we know that verse. We know it. But sometimes we don't take time to look at the verses before. <laughs> Let us go back to verse 18. Let us read together. Give it to me in the new KJV. New KJV. Can we read together? Then the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. Huh? Will answer and say to his people, Behold. I will send you grain, new wine, and oil. Praise God. That's provision, okay? And you'll be what? I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. Praise God. Praise the Lord. These things of, you know, you say you're born again, but, you know, it says, I will no longer make you a reproach. Now, of course, it's not like he made them. Because of their disobedience, they became that way, okay? He says, I will no longer make you a reproach. Are we following together? Verse 20. But I will move far from you, the northern army, and will drive him away into the barren and desolate land, with his face toward the eastern sea, and his back toward the western sea. His tent will come up. So anything that was an enemy. Hallelujah. Anything that was what? And I mean, because he has done what? Monstrous things. Verse 21. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. So, whatever is in the class of marvelous things, the Bible says the Lord has done what? 
He has done it. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Verse 22. Do not be afraid, you beasts of the field. Now, if you're talking to the beasts, okay? It says, for the open pastures are springing up, and the tree bearing its fruit, the fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Uh-huh. Be glad then, you children of Zion, okay? And rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. Say amen. The former rain and the latter rain. So that means fruitfulness. Any kind of fruitfulness. Are we together? The threshing floors shall be full of what? Wheat. And the vast shall overflow with new wine and? Uh-huh. So I'll restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have. So anything that was lost, the years, the redeeming of time, okay? The crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, the chewing locusts, my great army, which I have sent among you. Say amen. amen. You shall eat in plenty. Say amen. amen. And be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Hallelujah. Verse 27. Then you shall know that I'm in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there's no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Now, verse 28, and it shall come to pass. That means that the ministry of the Holy Spirit starts from a place where a man is full. Praise God. Because the Bible says that she has given us and we know the things that are freely given to us of God. Okay? And so there is that lesser part. You see, the Holy Spirit is more than just helping you get to know. That's why I read for you all these verses. That you may understand where it's coming from. You think, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to bless you, blah, blah, blah. Then after all, you're living such a glorious life. I'll pour my spirit upon you. And then you shall now start prophesying, you know, that's now your level, you know. <laughs> You're not at the level of the Gentiles who are seeking for things. Praise God! Yeah? Your level is that you're knowing God. The Bible says eternal life is to know him. Because these things, by the word of God, by the death of Jesus Christ, have been dealt with. Jesus said, surely he has borne our sorrows and carried our griefs, surely. If you're not sure about it, he says, surely. It would have been enough for him to have said, he has borne our sicknesses. Griefs, yeah, I think griefs is weakness and sorrows is sickness. Surely he has borne our weaknesses and carried our sicknesses. Surely, it's a sure fact. Say amen. amen. It's a what? A sure fact. Bible says that the chastisement of our peace was upon him. What is that for chastisement is the instruction, the instruction of your peace. Peace there is shalom, the instruction of your shalom. What does shalom mean? Completeness was upon him. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. The death of Jesus Christ made everything that you need available. You see that? And it's important for you to see it. That's what I'm saying. Do you see that? It's important for you to see it. Just to be a revelation. Do you see that the things have been met? Everything, whatever, 
qualifies or may suggest to you to be need, Jesus fulfilled it at his death. We are not now talking about his resurrection. We are dealing with the death. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. That's why he tells us that now, because of this understanding, he says, therefore seek ye first the kingdom of God and his what? And his righteousness. But seek ye first. The word is there for seek is meditate. Meditate. Because remember, the principle is he that seeketh shall what? Find. It's a law in the spirit. When a man seeks, he'll what? He'll find. You cannot seek and it keeps on eluding you. Ah, that means you're not seeking. <laughs> Any man that seeks, Jesus said, he shall what? Find. Praise God. That's the power of a human soul. That whatever you set your mind to, you'll find it. You see that when you set your mind on something, it says, he that seeks shall find. It's a law. It can't elude you forever. If it has been eluding you, maybe you're not seeking. <laughs> anyway. He says, uh, but seek first. He says, meditate. What is that for seeking? The Greek word there is meditate first. So there, there are things that come before others. Uh, uh, there are truths that come. That when you have those truths, other things come. There are truths that come before others. You get my point? When Solomon asked for wisdom, wisdom came with everything else. Actually, he asked for an understanding heart. That came with everything, because everything is zinged in there. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Yeah? So there are things that come before other things. But not in a sense that those other things are not connected to those things. No, they are connected to those things. Now, when you have those first things, everything comes with those first things. I hope that has made sense. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, he says, meditate fast. Jesus is telling us. Jesus is what? Telling us. He says, seek ye fast the kingdom. Meditate fast on the kingdom. The word kingdom there means the realm of God. The realm of God, the dominion of God, the lordship of God, the kingship of God. Meditate on his kingship over your life, on his lordship over your life. Say amen. amen. What does it mean when you say Jesus is lord of my life? Hallelujah. 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 He says, you seek first the kingdom, the kingdom, the realm of God the dominion of God. Who is this God you are dealing with? John chapter 5. The Bible says, And after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. I have us two. Now there is at Jerusalem by the ship market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having what? Five porches. I have us three. In these lay a great multitude of what? Impotent folk of blind of old, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. That means all sorts of diseases were there. And the Bible says they were waiting for the moving of the water. Why was that? Because the Bible says, for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. And the Bible says, whosoever then fast after the troubling of the water, 
stepped in, the Bible says, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Praise the Lord. Now, in verse 5, the Bible says, And a certain man was there which had an infirmity. The Bible says 30 and 8 years. The man had a weakness for a certain issue with his body for 38 years. 38 years. For as long as we can remember. 38 years. The man had a certain problem for 38 years. Verse 6. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been a long time in that case. Now, it's not that he had been at the pool for 38 years. No. He's saying he had been in that case. Jesus knew by the Spirit that this man had been in that scenario for 38 years. Maybe probably he was told about the pool, that there's something that happens at the pool there. Anyone who enters that thing, I think something happens. Maybe I'd been there for a year. Maybe I'd been there for two years. Maybe I'd been there for 10 years. I don't know. But Jesus knew that the man had been in a certain condition for 38 years. Now, you relate that with everyday life. There are people who have dealt with things for long. Some 10, some 5, some 2, whatever it is. This man, 38 years. Hallelujah. The Bible says, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? This is Jesus standing before this man and telling him, do you want to be made whole? And look at the man's response. The important man answered him, sir, I have no man. <laughs> that means at that time, Jesus was not yet revealed to him. That's number one. He says, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled. Now, look at a man who had no revelation of Jesus. But Jesus still healed him. <laughs> Praise God. Jesus still did what? Healed him. How much more you and I? Who at least have an idea. Or who have what you call epignosis, the full knowledge of God. Say amen. amen. But what I want you to see in this scripture is, the Bible says, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. That means... This man had so focused on his issue that he knew only one way of getting an answer. That's why I said that probably they might have told him that there is some kind of magic on that pool. When you go there, something happens. So the man went there. That was the only way he knew he would receive his answer. And there are some people like that. Maybe you're listening to me right now. To you, there's only one way it's going to come. You've locked your mind. You see, the Bible says, don't limit God. You see, the poor have limited God in their minds. The lock is here. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All your life, you've been told the only way to get this level of success is through ABCD. So that is how you know it's going to happen. That was the scenario of this man. The only way he knew he was going to be healed was if he was thrown or if he went into that pool fast. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at what happens in verse 8. <laughs> Jesus said unto him, hmm. Rise, take up thy bed and walk. 
Rise, take up your bed and walk. Now look at what happens in verse 9. The Bible says, and immediately. The Lordship of Jesus. Immediately. A 38 year condition was shrunk and dealt with in an instant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 38 years of an issue. I'm repeating that so that you can get the gravity of it. 38 years of an issue was shrunk in a moment by the word of Jesus. Even when this man did have a revelation, because you can see from the way he responded, he didn't have a revelation of who he was talking to. Because actually the next time they even asked who healed you, and the Bible says he didn't know that it was Jesus. Okay, they asked him, what man is that? That said, and take up thy bed and walk, okay? And then, and he that was healed, wished not who it was. He didn't know. I want to show you something, that the word is working to a man who doesn't know. The lordship of Jesus, the dominion. <laughs> oh, yeah. The kingdom of God. When Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God has come. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God has come. This is the king dealing with an issue of 38 years in one word. And the Bible says immediately. It had never been known. Praise God. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There are different ways. Liberty is freedom. There are different ways the answer is going to come. There are different ways the answer will manifest in your life. Say amen. There are different ways. Don't limit God here. Open, open. Take time to meditate upon these scriptures. Let this area be opened. Say amen. Say amen. There are different ways the answer will manifest different ways because you're dealing with another realm. <laughs> it's called the realm of God. You see, there is what you call the realm of darkness, the kingdom of darkness, which has dominated the world. And everybody's used to that. But Jesus said, the devil has nothing in me. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. When Jesus walked the earth, he demonstrated absolute dominion. Absolute. Absolute dominion. Guys had left him, he just walked on water. Like, and interesting, it wasn't like his focus. The, uh. That miracle actually happened after Jesus had fed 5,000 men. What somebody would sit down on and say, after I've done 5,000 men, you build a castle on that. Jesus, the Bible says, after doing that, he went to pray. Like, like it was nothing. Like, this is normal. It's not a big deal that I fed 5,000 men with five. They are after such a great victory. <laughs> Samson, the Bible says, after he had killed, what, 1,000 men with a jawbone of an after what happened? He threw the jawbone. He didn't... Make a monument. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you see, these are physical examples, but sometimes in our own lives, we limit God that way. Because it worked like this, so you stick to that. But God is always is saying, you trust me. The way it worked today may not be the way it will work tomorrow. May not be the way it will happen tomorrow. You just maintain that vibrant fellowship with me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The apostles, they said, what manner of man is this? It was too much. It was, it was too much for them to meditate. The man speaks to the storm and the thing comes. They, they had never seen that. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The man enters a region and the Bible says that demons were already screaming. What have you come to do? He entered the country. He entered the country. Demons on a man. The Bible says this man had legions, not just one demon. He could have had one major demon, which was the entrance of all the other demons, okay? But the man had millions and millions of demons. And at a word, Jesus said, go. <laughs> ah, yeah. Praise God. What manner of man is this? Let me tell you, when you keep your mind on such things, you realize that the needs of this world are... Praise God. Praise the Lord. And in that way, your heart is free of worries. Your heart is free of the cares. Your heart is free of the deception of riches. And when the word of God is sown in as a seed, you bring forth fruit unto perfection. Are you seeing the order? Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. The Bible says, unto him who is able to do. He is able. He is able. Tell your neighbor, he is able. To do exceeding abundantly. Amplified says, beyond your wildest dreams, now unto him that is able. God is able. The life that you have received on the inside of you is able. That life that you have, he that has the son, the Bible says, has life. And he that does not have the son does not have life. That life that you have received, he says, I am that life. He says, that life is able. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the voice of God would speak, that voice was for you guys, not for me. <laughs> the man was sure. He goes to the cave. The man was dead four days. He says, you take away the stone. I'm a cutter. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is amazing. Four days dead. No, not just an hour. Maybe the machine was wrong. That Maybe they see like a pulse left in the guy. So when we came and we laid hands and he came back to life. We raised the dead. Hallelujah. No, not that. <laughs> This was a man who was dead four days, buried, covered with cloth. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. I like the way how Elijah dealt with the issue. He, he told these guys, okay, you call louder. Maybe your God has gone to sleep. 
Hold a little bit louder. Add more volume. Increase. Maybe he's sleeping somewhere. So you increase. And the guys shouted. They screamed. They cut themselves. They did everything and nothing happened. Then Elijah's stand came. Uh, this is amazing. I just love how Elijah did it. They put the sacrifice on stone. And he told them, you pour water. <laughs> he says, and he put the wood in order and cut the bullocks in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt offering. Do it again. Do it again, three times. The water was running everywhere. And what happened? The man just made the simple words. The Bible says the fire consumed the sacrifice, consumed the stones, consumed the dust, consumed the water. Hallelujah! That's the God we're dealing with. God is able. God is able. Come on, speak in other tongues. God is able. God is able. God is able to do exceeding abundantly. Riande le brose le prakata la barande de ba. That power the Bible says is working in you. It's not a power that is coming from the outside. It's a power working in you. God is able. Mashe tele brokoli barande de ba. Lete lende le brokose le prakata la barande de ba. Landa rada la 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 kose tele brokoli barande de ba. God is able, God is able, God is able to do, God is able to do. Shelelelelelele brokose tele barande de ba. Janda randi legosi landele brokose tele brokoli barande de ba. We stand amazed at his word, we stand amazed at the name of God. I stand amazed, I stand amazed at his presence. Sataraba kule barande de ba, ma shatara rinde le brokote le brande de ba, rinde le brose tele brokoli parande de ba. There's no one like him. And you are one with him. There's no one like him, and you are one with him. He that is joined to the Lord, the Bible says, is one spirit. You are one with him. You are one with him. In him you live, in him you move, and in him you have your being, the Bible says. He's doing mighty things through you. 
is doing glorious things through you. You are one with him. You are one with him. We are conscious of his presence. We are conscious that he's one with us. Oh, there is no disease that cannot be healed. There is nothing that cannot be solved. The Bible says he is able to do. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Above all you can ask, or think, or imagine, above your wildest dreams, above your wildest dreams, according to the power that works in you, according to that power that works in you, there is no need to be afraid. There is no need to be anxious about anything. There is no need to be worried about anything. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence, O oh God. We thank you for the healings that are taking place. The revelations that are taking place, O oh God. We thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. We give you all the honor and all the glory, God. Father, we worship you. Father, we honor you, God. We honor you, God. We honor you, God. You are God in our lives. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And right now, I want to give an opportunity. If there's somebody out there who wants to receive Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. If there's somebody out there who wants to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Just say these words after me. Say, Father, I thank you for giving you Jesus. I believe Jesus died for me. And you raised him from the dead. I declare that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I am born again. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.